I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined, as ever, by Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are we doing? Yeah, good, good. I'm a little bit... It's, I don't know if I'm sunburnt or just like it's going to go into a tan. I think it's going to go into a tan, which is quite nice. Been in the golf this weekend. You always got to get the first burn out of the way. Yeah, I have, yeah. And I, mean, look, like, I don't know how many people have seen me rather than just listen to me. But I'm obviously slightly balding and, and not, the easy, not the easiest person not to burn. So I uh, do have to look after myself out there. But um, yeah. yeah, it was obviously at the Live event this weekend, which, you know, I understand people don't love or whatever. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, can we get it straight off the like the bat, like the team element of it. Like I said this on my Instagram the other day, and I get that people will think I'm just saying it because of like I don't know what they think I have the affiliation with, but I don't. But like I really enjoyed it. Like on course, watching the players react to their playing partners because they because they grouped the playing partners together this week. So like Uline and Perez were playing together, who I'd watched for a couple of rounds. Um, like just just the element of it, like I quite like that. And then mm-hmm. you could see that like birdies, like they're they're out of contention to win themselves, but like if they make a birdie, it directly affects the team thing. And I know this is how they try and sell it, and everyone says you know that they didn't make up team golf, but it is a unique format to have that running alongside mm-hmm. the individual thing. Um, yeah. So if you could just like I think if it was obje- like if it was if we could all just be objective and it was just this is a format of golf and it wasn't who runs it runs it. Mm-hmm. It would be enjoyable, I think. So that I think that's my two cents on that. Like, I think I wanted to go and see what it was all about. Um, I've been now. Would I go back? Yes. I'm not going to go to Miami and Jeddah or anything like that to go and watch a round of golf. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if it was a PJ Tour or the DP World Tour either. Like, I'm I'm very much just going to go to Centurion every year that it's running, if it's running next year, and go with that. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to the British Masters, which I'd kind of planned to, and I know you you obviously oh, did the options to go. Well. Yeah, well, I think I'm feeling definitely yes, next year we have to set something up. I think I think we should set up a little podcast one, and you know if anyone's listening that goes, then we can kind of meet up with them and things like that. That yeah. could be a good good thing to do. I keep going back and forth. I'm going to try and emergency source some Hoylate tickets for next Saturday or something just to go out for the day. But um, I don't know, like it's. I've been to so many like open. I've been to like six open championships, and mm-hmm. Hoy Lake was probably the second favorite. I think Truman was my favorite because it was Mickelson versus Stenson. Mm-hmm. Hoy Lake, I really enjoy. Like the group of us went, and like the course was really accessible. So obviously, last time Roy McIlroy, well not the last time he won the yeah. he won the major after that, didn't he? I think he won the PJ after that, but that year was the last year he won a major. So good times there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, then just going to last week's golf obviously bit of a nearly week wasn't it yeah like i think we were in a great position weren't we like we were in a really good position for and it, it looked like places mainly um definitely as our best chances but like schenk and smallie were in a good spot mm-hmm. um samoya like was yeah, a great come from nowhere yeah, yeah, yeah like, from behind yeah. yeah like i think i think it was i think samoya was the one bradley like of the of the group like i think schenk and smallie kind of fit themselves bjork is being what he's been for weeks now like i think samoya mm. was the standout and not just because of the odds but like you, you picked it based on as you said a bit of a glimpse of ball striking right 
Yes, yeah, yeah. And he, he doesn't need, obviously, he, as I've seen in the past, he gets results off of missed cuts. And when he's been missing cuts by one shot, um, it just screams to me that he's he's close. And obviously, yeah. it's the course he's played well at in the past. Um, so, yeah, I'm very delighted with how he went on. Obviously, he got off to a pretty slow start. Um, and, uh, yeah, once he got through the cut line, he just got, kept on getting better. Uh, just he missed this he missed like a eight foot eagle putt which could have been uh really got him going um and then uh, he made a, a, I think a mistake on nine uh but yeah you can look at anyone's round i mean bloody hell how mcintyre lost it hmm. down the back nine is um is something else to be honest yeah <laughs> i didn't, I didn't get again to, get to see any because obviously I, I was at the event but like yes yeah ramsey going into the water again on 18 and shades of the bill for the year before he's obviously disappointing like i've again like i've spoken to richie ramsey like a really humble really nice uh mm-hmm. you know person to speak to and you, you kind of will these people on to win and you know Mac, what does mcintyre need to do is get back in the winner's circle again like it, it it it's tough but by the same token it seems like rasmus oigard and natural vera gave us a, a really strong playoff in the end mm-hmm. as well did yeah and a fair play to nacho because he's he stuck in there and as soon as it went to a playoff because i mean nacho should have won it he, he hit a shitty chip and um, yeah. it went flying past um but yeah look it's, it's moments like that can cost you and we see it with ramsey and we've seen it with mcintyre just the right. moment before it was just an absolute chaotic final round like classic dp world tour but this was like at its peak um yeah last week of um yeah, just mistake after mistake, and you really couldn't call it. But once it went to the playoff, I, I, I thought Hoygaard would have won it in the first couple of holes. Um, but yeah, uh, Nacho, uh, he just um, stuck around and uh, he fought well. Um, it was just a mistake on the sixth playoff hole cost him in the end. But yeah. Yeah, after after six, you have to you probably uh, you know start to worry about it, don't you? It's a long old time to. <laughs> To yeah, play golf. It's a lot more to lose it after the six playoffs. Yeah, like it. I, I, I always feel like if you've gone six playoff holes, it's almost like you both deserve to win it, but you, you can't, yeah. can you? It's um, got to be a winner, but it does, yeah, it's got I guess there's probably a wider conversation about playoffs at some point. Like some of the ways they do playoffs are, like they can lead to those sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. Just extended playoffs because they don't change things up a lot, but yeah. we shall see. And then, uh. In the US Women's Open, just very briefly, um, mm-hmm. Alison Corpora's uh, yeah. broke through. Yeah, so unbelievable. Yeah, that's just massive, isn't it? Faultless. I stayed up and watched it last night. Um, yeah, I was doing a little bit of work while I was watching, and uh, she was just absolutely faultless. Like, she just um, kept on hitting greens, like fairways and greens, and she's just putted really well. She clutched. Nothing affected her, and she has done in the past. Uh, so I think she's learned from her mistakes, and she's uh, produced it on the on the biggest stage. So yeah, hats off to her. Yeah, I think we we kind of mentioned Gi Shin on the at the end of the podcast. I think yes. last week, yeah. um, you know, Charlie Hole got herself up there as well. So all in all, like a really interesting um, tournament. Again, I didn't see anything because I was kind of watching live, and John Deere Classic was what it was. Uh, Sepp Tracker shooting nine under and should have been eleven under is. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. Do you think that again before we get into the into the Scottish Open here? Do you think Sepp Strack has now done enough for the Ryder Cup? Uh, no, not for no, me. No, not for me at all. Um, I, I, he hasn't done enough. Um, it's in, not consistent in, uh, enough, is it? No. Like, and what's he done? Uh, what's he done in Europe as well? Yeah, I, I think that the Europe thing wouldn't bother me too much because I'm sitting here thinking I'm sort of going to advocate for like Aaron Wright at some point, which I never thought I was going to be doing, and. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, though. yeah but like he's 
his better players come from what he's doing on the PGA Tour, right? And that's that's behind the decision, I guess. But like when you look at Strucker last year, like he won, he had another couple of opportunities to win, like a second and third place finishes. So he could have conceivably been like a three-time winner last season. He hasn't reached those heights this year. Like he has won, and I guess he's had a seventh at the PGA and a fifth at the Honda, but it's so sporadic, and and there's nothing very sporadic. Seen, he's up to 27th in the in the world rankings. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. You you should say yes. I mean, he's done it in major championships as well, like top yeah. 10. Um, so maybe I just need to put a bit more respect on his name. Well, it, um, interestingly, though, like Daisy Golf having a 66th in the world versus the 27th he is in the OWGR. So that's that's then boosting him 31 spots yesterday. So. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I think there's probably somewhere in between those two spots, between 66th and 27th is the right number. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, he, so. yeah, I, I don't know what, I can't see him doing more. Like, I think that's yeah. that's it. I think so, I've maybe been a bit harsh on him, but I do think it's just consistency, isn't yeah. it? With him? I don't know if he's going to turn up on the big stage. He probably does deserve his chance, so he probably does. I think it's one of those ones where, we were kind of talking about this a little bit on the Mayo show earlier, like, we're going to lose, probably. Like it's oh, pretty yeah. it's pretty pessimistic. But like we realistically, this is one that we should on paper lose, right? Um, do does, does that mean that you take a chance on the Abergs and the two Hoy guards and look at what they've like got? Like Blood and Merley for experience. Yeah, like yeah. see what they got for experience. They're playing well enough to warrant that. Like I think Luke Donald would be desperate for Aberg to play really well this week um, mm-hmm. and sort of give him a reason to pick him. Um, I he think that's well last week about didn't he? It did. um, yeah. After that third round, uh, I think he really did respond well and sort of like, hey, no, I'm not done yet, sort of thing. And yeah, no, really impressed with that. How yeah. it bounced back. And then you've got Moronk, you've got Rye, you've got. Uh, there is still back in Sire if he can find something over the next two weeks. Like yeah, there is. Um, yeah, there are so many in the in the mix to be honest, and there's I so many like, that sort of dropped out of the conversation as well. Like yeah. Oliver just dropped out of the conversation. I know <laughs> that was my. Um, where we were like picking him up, like it's 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 crazy. Yeah, well, look, we should see. Like, there's still plenty of golf still to be played in between then and mm-hmm. September, um, but definitely worth a conversation after last week's. Uh, it's definitely crunch time, strong. though. It's definitely crunch time. Yeah, like, I mean, look, I think this week, won't they? It's the it's the last major of the year, so mm-hmm. that's. Yeah. That's the biggest factor, right, is that when the Open Championship comes around, this is your last chance to really say you've had a really good week. Um, Scottish Open is big. Um, but let's get into that. Let's get into the Scottish Open. That's the tournament we're going to be talking about. I spoke, I spoke to you earlier. Do you think there's anything in the fact that they haven't played the Irish Open the week before? I spoke with the guys earlier on Mayo Show, and they basically said no. Mm-hmm. I think it would only help because it's a similar sort of test, isn't it? But I, I don't think I haven't really factored it in, to be honest. What I do think is uh, interesting is the players that have come over and played um, in the qualifiers because I yeah. think there's no better prep than, <laughs> than that, to be honest. Even though it's and even though it's obviously a different format, well, not different format as such, but different level. Yeah, you got to go one round, haven't you? Well, yeah, well, two, 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 rounds. two rounds in one day. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I think that's pretty good. Uh, just get playing on them sort of courses, all four courses, link courses. I think you can't go wrong. Um, and obviously, you just, I, I factored that in a tiny bit more yeah. so. Yeah. So I do like that. Look, cool. That's nice. What about the golf course itself? Like, it mm-hmm. it is a modern day links is probably yes. the way to describe it. Like, it's not 
links in the purest form. It isn't a St Andrews. It isn't it's a bit of a hybrid, isn't it? Really? Yeah, like there is a little bit of Parkland in there. There's a little bit like ultimately, I think if you are a good links player, you're going to enjoy it. And if the weather comes on Sunday as expected to, yeah. that will be the factor. But I guess just looking at the the kind of players that have come over here and played well, like a lot of American players over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think, and I think the Open's getting a little bit like that as well, that with the way these tournaments are set up now, I don't think you necessarily have to be this true links player. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I do still think, though, you, you'd like to be targeting players with that kind of... Um, yeah, it's only beneficial. Play. But yeah, I agree. No, it's, as you said, it's not a pure links, bit of a hybrid. And um, so, yeah, but it still has plenty of links characteristics, especially when the, the weather gets up, which it does look like it will on Sunday, I think is going to be yeah. rough wind-wise. So, yeah, it's going to be require a lot of patience and creativity. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be always a good test. I think it's one of those where I've used the link stuff as a bonus for people. But yes. I wouldn't use... So, like, for example, I wouldn't go, do you know what? Matthew Southgate is an incredible links player. Let's put him in at a deep field because he's a big number. Oh. It's not that anymore, but it's... It's, it's definitely... A bit of I definitely yeah. feel like I'd want, like, a 60 to 70% um, good links and slash... In the weather and the sort of conditions, sort of player, do you know what I mean? Someone who yeah. shows up that them type of events majority of the time. Um, but yeah, as you said, it wouldn't at the same time. I've had selections uh, this week where you know, as you said, they don't have to necessarily be a links uh, player per se. You know, someone who thrives in them because it isn't as, as we just said a pure links course, and there is lots of uh, non-links characteristics. You know, there's only actually four like. Um, ocean holes isn't there mm, yeah uh, that, that's the thing like that was the overriding point like i think i think there's gonna be a, a, an argument of whether you need to be a long hitter and a streaky putter or whether you need to be like an accurate hitter i don't think it actually really matters i think you can get a mix of both i think that I think ultimately mix, yeah. the, the putting will matter in mm. the end and whatever happens on sunday happens i think you look at the last few years no player has been better than 27th i think it is after round one so it's definitely an in-play opportunity um so definitely i think that's definitely one of the things to keep an eye on like if scotty scheffler's 40th after round one i think because of the history of this event like he won't be massive odds but that is the sort of thing you would keep an eye on i think just based on i think xander was 69th or something after round one last year um Mm -hmm. and and come back so if i just bring up the actual numbers here rather than sort of paraphrasing like shoffle was 69th after round one he was fourth after round two and then was the leader going into the final round? I'd like to know what, uh, what odds they were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mimou Lee was 27th after round one, 23rd after round two, fifth after round three. So they're getting closer. Um, <laughs> Rye, 39th, 28th, 10th. Beesberger, 29th, 1st, 1st. So you do have to get yourself quite a lot in the mix. Rye didn't necessarily, but you generally have to get yourself right in the mix after 36 and 54. But you can. Mm-hmm. You can come from off the pace in round one. So something to bear in mind, if you're looking for, I mean, we're not this week, we'll come into that. But like, if you're looking at one of these seven, eight, one, 14 to one players or whatever, maybe just hold off a round and, and see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get into that then. So Scott Shepard, seven to one, Roy McRae, eight to one, Canley, Shoffley, 14 to one, Ricky Fowler, 18s, Hovland, 18s. We've not backed any of those, Brad, between us. We I must admit, I think I was pretty closest with Fowler. Yes, me too. I was just about to say that as well. Yeah. Ricky would be my pick out of the bunch. Yeah. And I think it's one of those 
am I put off because I don't think he's going to win two in succession? Am I put off because it's been a long time since he was that type of player that came in the mix? Was it, you know, he's 47th last year. But then you look, he was eighth at the halfway mark last year. He's playing much better now. We know he loves an open championship. I like uh, golf as well. Yeah, like I think, I think I'd, I would be, like if someone said to me, what about Ricky Fowler this week? I'd go, yep. Great choice. Like I, I completely on board with it. I just haven't done it just because of the way I've constructed my card. But like, yeah, likewise, yeah. He's gained in every single straight game category for four straight events. And then the, on the fifth event back, he lost a bit off the tee, but again was really high on um, approaching around the green. So he's been so solid for so long now. Um, mm-hmm. I would be really interested in him. Uh, I think he's one of those unique ones where you can go to the Open Championship and get a decently bigger number on him than you can this week. Um, the previous winner as well, isn't he? In yeah, this, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, I think was that done. Was that done, Donald Links? I can't remember I think exactly. It was, I think it was Galane. Oh uh, yeah, it. that makes sense. So it was one of those ones like slightly earlier in the. Was it 2017? Maybe I think it was. Well, uh, like 2015. So it's Galane. It's 2015, and he beat Jacqueline and Kucha. But you've had a couple of players. Like, like Mickelson won it in 2013 at Castle Stewart. Um, Xander obviously won it last year. So I think once you do get these, I think ultimately what it is, is you just the best players do dominate these fields. And as much as mm-hmm. the overriding points, and again, like we're going to probably pick a couple of them along the way, but like the, the DP World Tour players, you're going to see their prizes this week and you're going to go, wow, like I really want to be on X when they're 300 to 1 rather than the 30 to 1 they normally are. Just yeah. be you know be aware that they're 300 to one for a reason because the, the disparity between the two tours yeah, is... ultimately they have to bloody play the best rounds of yeah. their life like Rich, richie ramsey someone i've been on at like 60 to one and 20 to one recently all that sort of stuff he's 300 to one this week and he's like come within one shot of winning like mm-hmm. it the, the temptation is there and then you quickly realize that this is a, a really strong field that probably he's not going to even get himself in that mix so yeah. I think just something to keep in mind for people that are quite sensitive. You can have, you can have one, maybe, who you really think... Yeah, no, uh, no, I'm going to come on with a couple. Like, like yeah. I'm not going to rule them out, but they're going to be big prices. Well, yeah, as you said, don't get too carried away. It's probably the, the key. But let's go into the ones that we are betting rather than the ones we aren't, yeah. then. Um, first one for you, Terrell Hassan at 22-1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love Terrell as well. Actually, I think all, you can make a case for all the Englishmen up the top, uh, yeah. Fitz, Fleet. And it's quite tough to pick uh, between them. Um, but yeah, I, I think Tyrrell has been brilliant um, this year. I, he's, he's literally done everything but win. He's just been incredibly consistent. Um, he's missed just one cut. It came at the Texas Open. Uh, five top five finishes, which includes um, a runner up at the Players' Championship. And his game's just been on it. Like it's, He's just been firing on all cylinders. Uh, 20th in scrambling, 14th on approach, 10th off the tee and 5th for putting. That's for the season. And he's also gained strokes off the tee on each of his, um, each of his starts this year, which I found incredibly impressive. Um, and, yeah, we'll go on to the Lynx Golf. Uh, we know he's a lover of it. Uh, he's two-time... Winner of the Alfred Dunhill Lynx, 5th, uh, 6th and 11th place finishes at the British Open. Two of them coming in Scotland. Um, he also has a 2nd, 4th and a ninth in this event, albeit at other um, Scottish courses. And uh, the Renaissance Club uh, hasn't treated him as kindly over the years, but um, from three appearances, he's still finished 
14, 18th and 24th. I think that's fairly decent um, considering he's coming into this in a lot better form um, than he has in previous uh, years. That's definitely appealing. Um, he, he hasn't finished worse than 24th and he's also gone as low as 64, which is always nice to see. It's encouraging. Um, and yeah, this is the type of test that he wants. And just given how well he's uh, been playing, um, I just feel like he has to be chanced on a course that suits. I think 22s is a, a good price. And yeah, it's, it's just mental, really. He hasn't won in almost two and a half years. Um, and I, I think if it's going to come somewhere, it'll be uh, it'll be back in the UK and likely Scotland. So yeah, I've got, I've got a chance him this week. Yeah, look, I, you know, I'm going to be clear in a minute why, why I've not gone with Hatton. Like, I just had a deciding factor in the end. It was the course form. I, I looked at it and just figured, like, why has Hatton not been in the mix? Like, he's been a good player for. I know he's. This is the best he's ever played, and not and he's not got a win out of it, which is ridiculous. Like he's mm. third on the PGA Tour in strokes gained total, and I keep coming back to that stat every yeah. single time I get the chance to. Like he's unbelievably good. His state of his game is class. I couldn't quite get my head around why he's only finished, and it's ridiculous saying only 14th, 18th, and 24th. Mm. Um, and then when you look at it, even on a macro sense, like his stroke average is 68.33, and like it. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know quite why I couldn't get to him. And the reason I just went with Tommy Fleetwood over Hatton was the fact that Fleetwood's been in the playoff last year. He was fourth last year, yeah. and he's. So it just feels like his worst has been 26, um, and he started that week with a 66 and was fourth after round one. So he's conceivably been inside the top four after I don't know, like five of the seven or mm-hmm. five of the 12 rounds he's been in it's ridiculous but I think with Fleetwood like the the overriding thing is I just think he's got himself in the realistic position to win slightly more in recent weeks than Hatton has like I know Hatton should have been there ready for Canadian Open but Fleetwood was then in that playoff that Hatton missed out by one mm-hmm. um he was fifth in the US Open which again didn't come it was a final round you know bonanza or whatever really, yeah um he was fifth at the Wells Fargo again. It wasn't really that, but the Valspar, it was both the Valspar and Canadian Open. Just in my head, just I just think of like two really, really chances of winning. And you look at it overall, he's five uh, top five finishes in nine starts. My one concern was that he, he lost strokes at Travelers, but he did on approach. But he did that when he missed the cut at the Colonial, and then he'd come right back and finished second in Canada. So mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty confident that when he returns back to his roots. It'll be absolutely not his roots. He's obviously not from Scotland, but like his no, style of game, um, yeah. he should be fine. So I I love the fact that even last year, like he come from, like he started really slowly. He was like 73 on day one, but he went 69, 67, 67. So he had too much to do, but over the weekend, he'd have been one of the better players. So mm-hmm. um, love what he did there. So I love Fleetwood. I do like mm-hmm. Hatton. And if, if I'm, I, love, I love both of them. I yeah. Great options at the top there. If I miss Hatton's, you know, win, I'd be gutted, but I just had to, had a deciding factor and, and that was it. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we need to kind of say on that. Um, next for me will be no surprise to a lot of people that listen quite regularly and read or whatever they do. Uh, I've gone with Justin Rose again. And I mean, I did that thing, Brad, where I kind of spam you with messages. Yeah, messages. yeah, you really sold him on me. <laughs> as a reason as to why I'm betting someone. I liked but it. I, liked I, I, just, I looked at it and I was like, where is Rose in the market? Oh, there he is. Like, 
I had to scroll down further than I expected. Um, so he's 45 to 1. I looked at his last three Open Championships in Scotland, which was um, sixth in Carnoustie, twenty uh, second in Troon. Um, no, sorry, second in Carnoustie, sixth at St Andrews, and twenty second in Troon. So like he he's been really solid in his three uh, Open Championships in Scotland. He was 34th in his last Dunhill Links, but he was fifth at the halfway mark. He won the 2014 Scottish Open. And then even when he was defending that, he was second at the halfway mark, but was just really poor over the weekend. So his record in this event is 14th, 1st, 74th, 69th, which doesn't sound amazing. But even when you look at last year, yeah. And then when you look at last year when he was 74th, um, uh, 69th, sorry, he was 15th after round one and 20th after round two. So you look at the fact that, yeah, yeah, you're coming into the fact that he's striking the ball brilliantly, even when he, I don't know what you call it. Did he blow it? I don't know. Like a 36 hole lead's hard to convert. And I think Belfry is a hard place to front run. But mm-hmm. even even without having a positive weekend, let's just say, he was great ball striking still. Um, yeah. His off the tee was gaining for the first time in a while. So I just trust him. Like He's just someone I trust to be in the mix. I trust mm-hmm. him if he goes and shoots a little bit like what Fleetwood did last year with 73. Like just bounce back and play really well. So I just think of, you know, 40 to 1 with the eight places. 45 to 1 was the biggest price. But 40 to one of the eight places, I just think it's too big because yeah. I just feel there's a, an element of safety there. Whereas like a, someone like a Fitzpatrick, who obviously has the you know upside to win, probably bigger, far bigger than Rose. But if I was to pick who was going to finish eighth, I'd probably pick Rose because mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's kind of like inconventional or missing cuts or top 40s or whatever. Like he's he doesn't seem to be quite as safe. Um, so yeah, yeah. Ron's yeah. had like a resurgence season, and he, like, he's he's really come back and he's just he's hitting it so well consistently. Um, yeah, I, I can see it, and this is exactly what he wants. You know, this yeah, yeah. Brian really puts himself in position for the Open Championship next week. Like you look at his strokes gain approach numbers this year, it's ridiculous. Like he's lost strokes in three events. Um, one of them was the Miscardi US Open. So he's gained just like every event this season, basically, barring three. It's it's ridiculous. And you look at his around the green around the green and putting game is basically the same. The one weakness is off the tee, and I think that'll be negated slightly here because I think you'll get some run and some friendly bounces and things like that, which yeah. um, should suit Justin Rose. So look, I'll probably bet him at the Open Championship never again next week, and it'll, it'll just be a season of misery because I missed his Pebble Beach win. But I'm willing to take the chances that he does pay me back at some point. Um, we're both on the next person, so I'll let you talk about Aaron Ryan and I will just follow up. Thank you, Dougie. Uh, yeah, well, he's just been in excellent form stateside, mm. hasn't he? Third at the Canadian Open, 24th at the Travellers, ninth at the Rocket Mortgage. I've seen his last three starts. Um, he's been hitting his irons exceptionally well in recent weeks. He gained over seven strokes on approach at the Charles Schwab, uh, over eight at the Canadian Open, over six last time out at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, he's been inside the top four on approach in three of his last five starts, which is some going. Um, and he's also trending in the right direction with the flat stick as well, which is very important coming into this week. Um, he flew to uh, from, Detroit, from Detroit sorry, uh, last Monday um, to Scotland to compete in the Open Qualifier at Dundon Lynx. Um, yeah, I really admire the grind there, uh, but it was never going to be easy for him um, to get going. So he's probably playing late in the day on Sunday. And obviously, it's also a completely different type of golf. Uh, but yeah, it was no surprise to see him struggle. Open with 74, then shot 71. 
finished tied 23rd, four shots off a spot in the open. But what's important is he has another chance this week. Um, he obviously really wants to get into the open. Um, there's more spots up for grab. Um, and yeah, we've been in Scotland um, and back playing Lynx golf since last Tuesday. I just feel as though he's going to be prepped and ready to go at the Renaissance Club this week. Um, he's obviously won this event here back in 2020. He closed with a round of 64. He then beat Tommy Fleetwood in a playoff. Um, has a decent record in Scotland, third and ninth at the Scottish Championship. Um, we know he's a brilliant links and win player. Uh, so if the win picks up on the final round, he's the type, as he did, shoot 64 and get himself in the mix. And uh, yeah, given his recent form and motivation to make them open, I have every reason to believe he goes well this week. Yeah, I I don't know what I can add to that, really. Like, I didn't even factor in the fact that the top three here will get the the Open Championship spots, and, and that's huge. Like, all the same reasons you said there, the, the approach play is just, to me, it was just really outstanding. Like, I view Aaron Rye as one of those people that gets a little bit hot in maybe round one and makes a few putts, and that's it. But he doesn't really. He actually doesn't make putts. That's, that's the big problem with him. But he you know his irons are just outrageous fourth over the last two events second in that category uh in colonial and and like you say gaining eight and seven strokes and not leading the field is it's a tough school to uh tough school to lead but i I just looked and was like look he's 56th in the FedEx cup ranking which is comfortably inside that top 70 bubble and i don't think you can ask for much more from someone like aaron right like i think there is a a ceiling to him that's not unlimited i think he's not the type of person's gonna go and win three times in a season but when you get the right spots it's good and he was 35th when he was defending his title uh in 2021 and yes he's missed a cut in 2019 2022 but he's he's a better player than them both years and i just love the fact he's doing it regularly in pj tour events and, and that's the big factor really definitely yeah, me too. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really encouraged by Ryan. I think he's one of the ones that I think should be in the conversation for the Ryder Cup. Um, yes, yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the one. You know, earlier when I said don't just bet people because they're inflated numbers on the DP World Tour. <laughs> uh, Alexander Bjork is. I mean, what's the best price in him now? I think he was 100 to 18 places uh, when I was tapping this up. Uh, still 100 to 18 places. Yeah, 100. You, can get, you can get 110 to 1, like if you want to take less places, but you'll need all of those eight, I think, this week. It's, I just can't look at a player that's been 14 to 1 and 16 to 1 in recent weeks and not back them. Like he's finished inside the top 10 seven times this season, including his last four straight. He's been one of the best approach players in every event he's played, really solid with the putter. He does lack that pop off the tee that you want, but Again, I think like with Rose, you can get away with that a little bit. He is slightly shorter than Rose. But I I just think he's the type of person that could just almost forget where he is on Sunday and just do it. Like <laughs> yeah. eventually you're you're like I think it, it would be so golf if either Fleetwood or Bjork got their first wins in <laughs> these events. Like it wouldn't like be so poetic if Fleetwood got his first PGA Tour win in Europe and then Bjork yeah. got a PGA Tour win just when he couldn't close out in Europe. I think is is the ridiculous thing. But when <laughs> yeah, you look at it, like his best finish on here was 19th, but he's four for four for made cuts and he's hit 263s here as well. And he was inside the top 10 going into mm-hmm. Sunday in each of the past two years. So although he's yeah, finished... And then he's had a Bjork. <laughs> yeah, and then he's had a Bjork on a Sunday. But... 
I just, I almost think it's, it's ridiculous. I think he's playing too well that even if he was in the top ten again this far I literally around. said the same things last week. Yeah. As in, he's too, he's playing too well to even ignore him. Yeah. At eighteen to one, twenty to one in certain fields. So, I mean, I'm not against anyone taking him because again, he's delivered last week. Okay, he might not win as Jason said, and he was right. But look, you always, he's great each way. Bet, I tell you that now. Yeah. And uh, again, he's a great each way value this week at triple digits. So, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really like it, mate. Like twenty to one for the Blazers, I just think is too big. And maybe you just go and back him top ten and top twenty, knowing that he's not going to win. I don't know, but I, I just have this real urge in my head that like. I could just see it. I could just see him winning and just making everyone, including myself, look really stupid. And yeah. you shouldn't. Well, I think he'll have should. a few backers. I think he'll have a few backers this week. I yeah, think. I think he will. But like, I think it's just one of those ones where like everyone goes, oh, like he can't win. He can't. Like he can't do it in a DP mm-hmm. World Tour event. Oh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, yeah. And I'm in that kind of camp. But by the same yeah. token, I'm like, well, he's a hundred to one. So you're only really asking him to place. Two sixty three is there is he obviously yeah, loves it. Like he, he loves the course. It's, it's very yeah. clear he likes the course. Yeah. So the other the other one in this range earlier was Alex Smalley, who I tweeted out 150 to one. The market is just really overcorrected now and he's sixty six to one best, fifty to one. Like I can't do that. Like, so, yeah, like, I, I can't in good conscience give you a bet oh, that I backed at 150 to one for 66. But I will tell you that I yeah. loved Alex Smalley. Yeah, he, me too. He, he was <laughs> he is unbelievably like his his form is incredible. His approach play, he's basically gained with his irons pretty much every event since the Houston Open last year. It's been like three events or four events in that span where he hasn't. And he doesn't just gain a little bit, like he gains over a stroke per round. And I, I think that when someone shoots a six, whatever he was, 68 yesterday or 66, whatever he shot, like he was four under, 67. wasn't he? Yeah. 67, even better. Like I knew I'd get the wrong one, but like he was mm. four under, wasn't he? When he was in the yeah. final group. And you think that normally would be all right. You can't really account for set tracker coming from the clouds and shooting. He didn't nine fall up. away, did he? He didn't. He, no. he, he had a couple of opportunities. I was he had that one mistake, I think. He had, yeah, that one he had a bogey and he had a couple of putts where he could have made birdie. That, that was exactly the same point when yeah. the Stracker had a double as well. And you think, yes, come on, that was right. it. Like He he, yeah. he bogeyed and he went Stracker doubled when he went in the water. Yeah, Don't do that. But he's getting better every week with his irons the last three weeks and he was it was 1.59 per round in travelers 1.75 per round in rocket mortgage 1.84 per round in john deere like it's it's utterly ridiculous how good his irons are and he was 10th here last year sixth mm-hmm. going into the final round so i love smallly and if you can if he starts to drift back out onto the exchange around that the exchange of, is probably the best yeah, place yeah. like hundreds 150 to one again then i think you've got to go back in. I think he's already getting sort of like he's 95 to one now on the exchange. So that you can, the win only price is getting back to what it should do. Um, I wouldn't take 95 to one win only because I think there is you know, mainly a, an each way place up for crabs, but uh, yeah, interesting that next to him in the market is Lucas Herbert, who I get, like, I understand why he's in that part of the market. This was mm-hmm. the one that kind of prompted me is will there be Irish Open, yeah. yeah, like will that be the reason? Like he's had two fourth place finishes here. And I don't know if they were directly after his Irish Open wins or not, but it just it just made me think, is he the type of person that needs a warm up in Lynx Golf? 
Mm. Not you, uh, possibly, but at the same time, I, I do love the fact that you come off a, a good result with the Travellers. Yeah. Last time out off the back of three missed cuts, so I think he'll he's sort of coming into this in good spirits. Uh, you're only good as your last event. Um, yeah. A lot. Of, I mean, he's probably coming into here pretty confident on a course he he loves. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could have easily won it, and especially in 2020, I think he had a a horrible third round which uh, ultimately cost him yeah he yeah. shot 79 on in round three when he yeah. was in when he was the third top leader and then shot 65 to finish fourth like mm. i do love that about him like even the the two final rounds in 2021 64 66 he he did miss the car here last year but again he opened up a 69 to be 28th after round one so yeah he does love it i i don't know like i, I think he's probably properly priced now i think when he was like 80 to one and near 100 to one earlier like i think i think that was maybe a touch too big i think now he's probably the right yeah. price but yeah I, th- I think he's a good player and i was going to know if he wins yeah yeah if he gets a sniff of the lead you think oh crap i've got a chance here you know you start yeah. getting excited he's not someone that's going to like fall away or just bottle it out just because he's he knows he's up there you know he, this guy is a, a good competitor so yeah, he might not be up there. He, might, he doesn't always have his good days, but when, if he does, and especially again on Sunday, it could be massive. That's when players like him and Rye, um, they will just move forward while others move back. Um, so yeah, that's to keep in mind them two players there. Fry yeah, will win. Absolutely. I think the Adrian Moronks and the Rasmus Hoygaards of this world are the ones that people are going to start first being tempted by um, mm-hmm. in this price range. Um, where are we at at the moment? What in the, in the 80 to 1 as well. 80, yeah. Yeah. These are going to I, be I, I quite like Ryan Fox. I was really tough um, to leave him out, actually, just because I, I was interested that he, he obviously won the Dunhill links off of no form whatsoever there. Um, well, he's obviously he made the cut a couple of times, but he wasn't in the top 30 or something like that. And also he was in dreadful form coming into it. And he's just got the game um, for Lynx golf. And again, he hasn't got good form coming into it but he's obviously made, he's made a couple of cuts in majors recently so it's probably looking a bit better than it actually looks on paper but yeah he he was someone I was close to Ryan Fox uh, he would be the one in that range that I've left out that I'm feeling a bit uh a bit worried about yeah yeah no I get that look let's let's go again we're sort of talking about players that we're not going to bet which is the way <laughs> I keep leading the conversation um <laughs> your final pick is Matt Wallace now? One, yeah, he's two hundred to one now. He was, I think, probably three hundred to one when you first moved mm-hmm. him up. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm interested to hear your take <laughs> on this one. Okay. Well, he's uh, he's a massive prize first and foremost, and yeah. it might well be granted. Um, but yeah, ever since he's won the Coronets, and this is the reason why he's the prize that he is, is that he has been out of sorts. He's mm. missed a bunch of cuts uh, but he has made three of his last five so that's a slight positive I mean he hasn't performed exceptionally well I mean even when he missed the cut of the Travellers there was a 64 um, which is, is there's signs there yeah. and it, it could be an indicator that his game is returning um, but yeah we've seen with Wallace in the past um, that a trip back to the UK or Europe can sometimes rejuvenate his game and he flew back to the UK after the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He played in the Open Qualifier at West Lancashire. He shot 68 and 65 to win the qualifier by a shot. Obviously, a links course, so it's good prep for this. And he's he's now got 
the open to look forward to next week and i'm sure that will be a massive lift like coming into this event um he's played at renaissance club uh four times before finishing 14th 30th and 26th he missed the cut for the first time last year um but he has gone as low as 64 around here in the past which we like to see as we've said and he was actually sitting in uh fourth on his debut here going into the final round um then he eventually finished 14th uh, so yeah, there's there's lots to like there, and um, he could have quite easily been a winner in Scotland. He had the lead at the Scottish Championship back in 2020 yeah. before a final round of 71, and he slipped into second. Um, but he's got some he's got some other form in Scotland. Um, he finished uh, he's finished 15th at the Alfred Dunhill Links, and what I liked was also the second at Hillside um, at the British Masters. Yeah, another links course. So yeah, that strengthens this case here, and I, I I expect a much improved performance here than what we've seen um, in recent weeks, especially after last week's delight. And I've got a question for you, Tom. What yeah. uh, do you think um, if he's to win this, does that put him back in the running for a, a spot on the Ryder Cup team? I think no, because the when he was in 2018, he wasn't picked. So for some reason, there's just something about that year. Yeah. So that was the year where it was a contentious thing between him and Sergio, wasn't it? And then mm-hmm. like history suggests that Sergio was the right choice. And I just think that he's the type of player that they'd go, nah, like, do you know what, we'll just give it to one of these younger ones because mm-hmm. and that, but then you would probably put this I think you would put like Stracker and the powers in that in that same discussion because do we need like in European Ryder Cup teams in the past you'd have had mm-hmm. to have gone right we need our very best players inform players in because we've got great shot winning this whereas now I think it's all about blooding the young talent and I think that Wallace yeah. is slightly past that young promising talent mm-hmm. thing um mm-hmm. I agree with that, yeah. Uh, it, but, you know, I, the other thing I would say about that is, no, I don't think a win here puts him directly into it. But if he then wins and then wins again, mm-hmm. because he's the oh, type God. of person that wins three times in the season, as he's done in 2018, yeah. then it's a serious conversation, isn't it? Like, if he if he wins here... Top 20s at the, yeah, the Open. Yeah, like then, I would, I'd say even like a top third. Like, as long as he was solid at the Open, like maybe flashed a couple of low rounds or something. And then... <laughs> let's say the Irish Open or Wentworth, you just had a top 10. I think then you, or even can maybe contends at one of those. I think you then have to, he's then one of those people that goes. Conversation, yeah. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's clearly out of it at the moment. But yeah, when like he won just, the Corrales, he thought he was going to push on and then people were talking about it then. Um, but yeah, no, he hasn't, he hasn't pushed on, whereas others have. And it's, it, again, I can't, it was Stracker, you, you say about him, um, not being consistent. He's been far yeah. more consistent than Wallace. Yeah, exactly so that. It's unfair to say, oh, let's give it to Wallace over when well, I mean, calling out Stracker. But yeah, Stracker's been far more consistent than yeah, Wallace. Yeah, exactly so. that. I, it is tough, isn't it? Like, I, I think I think this just shows how volatile the selection process for Europe could be because <laughs> it's all on a knife edge. Like, like before, yeah. it would be like, okay, well, it's between Wallace and Sergio. And if Sergio shows anything, he's going to get in. If Perez doesn't, like, it it was one of those. It was between sort of three players. Whereas <laughs> this time, although Perez was the year after, wasn't it? The, the, the time it? after. But like there was there was very much like if if Perez doesn't get himself in, he's not going to get picked. And 
I think Polzer was picked that year or whatever. And it'll be the same with like, if Wallace doesn't get himself in, we'll pick Sergio. Like it just, it doesn't feel the same that time because there isn't a Sergio unless they do pick Sergio, which is, which would be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just because there's, because there's four there's up for grabs, really, isn't there? Yeah. There's so many um, options. There are, it's, it is a massive, head, I mean, we're, we're, it's fun to discuss. It, I mean, it must it must be a massive headache for uh, yeah. the team. I'm glad um, that I'm not part of it. And I think I think the only thing I would say is like because isn't Eduardo Molinari one of the vice captains? Yes. I wonder if he would force Donald's hand analytically. Like <laughs> just he just looks at it and goes like uh, no, it was in like Eduardo like coach because he gives all the analytics like Fitzpatrick and stuff like that, doesn't he? Like uh, yeah. I wonder if he would just go like look. These are the three best players you should pick based on approach numbers, tee to green, everything like, and and not and sort of take the feel out of Donald's hands, and then Donald can kind of not hide behind that if it goes wrong, but sort of say, well, we had a very clear approach, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if that's because you always hear about, um, I think like didn't Paul McGinley have a sort of um, team like that that he said, look, this is how we picked them, and it was based on how they would pair up and how their games would work and luckily mm-hmm. he got the win sort of thing like I, mm-hmm. I think this could be the same with Eduardo so it'd be interesting to see because um, yeah, then it probably goes to like a striker who's just good at ball striking and it like it's definitely a it's, it's the hardest one to pick for years and mm-hmm. I feel a lot better about the top eight players than I did six months ago but I still yeah, feel no confidence whatsoever so it's, it's interesting um, final pick for me and this is certainly one of those um, that you're sort of just picking him because he's an inflated number. But Daniel Hilly has kind of shown to me the reason. Like, so basically, I tweeted about him, didn't I, when he was fifth? Was it when when he was fifth yeah. at the KLM and he was in the hunt? Was it was it, was it KLM or was it BMW? I can't remember. I think it might have been. I think it was BMW. I think I think at BMW, I tweeted after that saying like he's had another top three finish and. He's been inside the top five more times than most at 30 starts or whatever. Didn't back him at the British Masters where he was, he was still 90 to 1. He won. Um, and now I'm just looking, sitting there thinking, like, I basically looked for any reason to back him because I was like, this is a really high level talent who I believe can kick on. What can I kind of attribute to his success here? And this is where I'm going to use that links for more than. Oh, he, he loves links golf. Yeah. Oh, he he like, loves that... it. Moon, Moona links in. Um... In Australia, he always used to perform well there, if I remember rightly, on the Australian tour. Well, that, that's a great addition to, to what I was going to say, because I didn't really pick <laughs> up on that one. I looked at the Hero Open, which was at Fairmont St Andrews, where he's been 12th and 23rd. Um, he has two top 10s at the Irish Challenge. One of them come on a Lynx course, one of them wasn't. But again, you're going to get still going to get kind of wind and stuff, aren't you? Characteristics of a Lynx course, yeah. yeah. He had that Vic Open, uh, I think it was top 20 there. And it's just that the, the one, two in that was Mimu Lee and Ryan Fox, and he was 15th. I just think that type of course where those two types of players we've already talked about already in this yeah. um, thing of, of Mimu Lee and Ryan Fox, that can only be a positive. Australia, you're going to get a lot of sandbelt kind of golf. So mm-hmm. that plus the fact that he's just brilliant at the moment. Um, you know, fifth miscut, third win. It just strikes me. The, the only slight concern is that he gained a lot with the putter at the British Masters, and it was a massive, like, three holes that really got him the win. But 
But even when you zoom out, like 12th at the New Zealand Open, 23rd at the, high, at the hander, then three miscuts, then fifth miscut, third win. Like he's in really good form, and I just I just see this as a he's a bit of a green player that has a lot to learn. He's only 24 years old. He's only been pro since 2019. But I've seen enough to suggest that he can play links golf, and that's what he's mm-hmm. going to do here. Uh, yeah. So I think it's more of a top 20 type of thing. I think use his boosted number to I think he's like six to one for a top 20. Um, he's yeah, not tight. Like but yeah, I, ju- I just think there's a little bit. If you're going to take one of those big shots, it's, it's him. Yeah, him and Bjork, I think there's two. Mm. Obviously, from what you've picked out, is what would probably tickle my fancy as well. Yeah, I, 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 the trouble with Bjork, and this is I'm sort of doing it as I'm like looking here. If Bjork and Kitty Armour are the same sort of price, should you be going with Kitty Armour based on his kind of experience in his second year last year? <laughs> Again, do you remember I messaged you today? I said again, Kitty yeah. Armour was someone I uh, considered. I mean, yeah. like another player who's finished second here in the past and won previously in yeah. this year, and he's he bound to push on again, going for a little bit of a slump. I think you have to take Kitty Armour here, to be honest. It's, I, I think I think that's the thing. Like, he's he's missed the last three cuts. So that's where I can go, do you know what, I'm going to rule him out. But then when you look at the cuts he's made, like four for the PGA, 29th at Colonial, played really well at the match, played in these, one earlier this season at Bay Hill. I, I don't know, second at the CJ Cup. It's been really consistent. I, Well, it hasn't actually been really consistent. It's been quite volatile. His second win, fifth, fourth, and then a load of missed cuts. But mm-hmm. I guess that's... The scare, yeah. the, the scariness. He, he narrowly missed the cut at the Travellers as well, didn't he? Seventy-one, sixty-six. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was another one that um, I'd, I'd have preferred Fox over him personally. So I think I was yeah. But it was another good option in that range. Is there anyone in these really long shots that like cover up? I, I just, I'm just looking at names that which is, and this is what I told people not to do. So don't do this. I'm just thinking I'm, like out loud, like. The 500 to one shots that could just place. I'm even looking at. I'm looking at Nick Backham at 1,500. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going a bit too far down, but, I, but I like, that's a crazy number. Like, like uh, hasn't Fisher been hitting the ball well recently? Russ Fisher. Fourth, yeah, Fisher his last two starts. I mean, starts, Tom but... McKibben is yeah. probably he's just come off a win. Um, he's he loves links golf. Um, this yeah. his type of test. I mean, 500 to one is far too big on him. Uh, probably won't win, but again, could be a good top 40, top 30. But um, yeah. Dan Bradbury probably is his type of test as well. Um, playing a little bit better recently. They're two names immediate. Calais Samoya. Let's go back to my man from last yeah. week. I mean, he hit the ball brilliantly and he's performed well in the past. Actually, let's go to Samoya. I need to get him up because he actually did appeal to me. Uh, I can't get it up. I want to say. Just, just while you're looking up him, so I'm looking at Fisher, right, who was second after round one, third after round two last week, finished with a 66 mm-hmm. to finish eighth. He's been fourth in strokes gain approach in his last two starts, which is pretty wild. Um, pretty and then when you look at it, his course, he looked gutted. He looked gutted. He said he, he was gutted as well. Um, he, he had that bubble. He knew he bottled the open. Um, but he's got another but, chance this week again. Yeah, like, like, he finished 15th here two years ago. He finished 68, 68, 66. Um, and just another top 40, probably, Ross Fisher. 
Right, let me let me go to Kale Samoya now because he's actually <laughs> looking a lot better than how I remembered. 20th on his debut, open with 64. Yeah. That was in 2019. 64, 67, 69, 68, his 20th. Then in next year, he finished 9th, so improved on that result. Open with a 65, um, then 70, 74, 68. And then he's missed the cut the last two years. But I mean, he's coming into this in excellent form. Of three mm. rounds, 66, 64, 67. He, he gained nine over nine strokes tee to green, 10 off the tee, uh, 3.7 on approach. He gained strokes part in and around the green, like all across the board. Uh, so I think he is... An excellent placement bet for this week. Even top 20, if he could even do it. I mean, he's done it on two occasions, albeit a much stronger field. So I think top 40 would be the way to go. But yeah, I like him. I've talked myself into him now. <laughs> yeah, no, completely agree. Um, it, yeah, it's one of those ones where I said don't do it and we're doing it. But yeah, just maybe for, maybe this section, just consider it like if you're filling out those DraftKings lineups, yeah, yeah. it's probably the one to go. Let's... Just give a couple of bets for Barbasol. I'm not going to talk about the event. I don't have too much interest in there. But I've I've picked out two. Uh, Lucas Glover, who hasn't played this golf course before, but I've been on him in recent weeks or well last week when he was 66 to one, and he was right in the mix there to to place, and he did tied sixth. So he's been tied fourth and tied sixth his last two starts. He was 20th at the Canadian Open. I get his Lucas Glover at 25 to one, but I don't really care. Like it, it's such a ridiculous tournament where Taylor Pendrith's 18 is one favourite that I will take uh, a chance on Lucas Glover. And then the other one for me, 45 to one biggest prize, 40 to one generally. Uh, Troy Merritt, who we talked, I think we talked about him sort of coming back into form a little bit recently. We did, yeah, last week, yeah. And his ball striking has just been really good, hasn't it? Um, he gained 2.75 on approach per round when he missed a couple of travellers. And he gained a, a shot per round at the Rocket Mortgage in the same category and almost a shot around again at the John Deere Classic. Gained off the tee in both of those, gained around the greens in both of those. So his putting, I think he said he's got the yips, which is not ideal. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's been very vocal about it on Twitter. Yeah. So that's obviously a concern, but he having the yips in the, yeah, the Barbasol Championship is completely different to having the yips in the, in the Travellers mm-hmm. or the John Deere. So um, those are my two for the Barbasol Championship. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a chance on the very talented Vincent Norman. Obviously, yeah. he's been a bit overshadowed at the moment by his uh, Ludwig Berg, but they were both very talented amateurs coming through. Obviously, we know Vincent Norman for a while now, coming on Corn Ferry Tour, and he's fully established on the PGA Tour. Um, but, yeah, he, he's, he seems to do well in these kind of events, these low ball events. Obviously, 18th at the Mexico Open, uh, 8th at the Byron Nelson earlier in the year, and... He's had a bit of a bad spell, three missed cuts, one of them being the US Open. But last time out of the Rocket Mortgage Classic, he finished 24th and he got better as the week went on. Um, he gained uh, over 5.7 strokes, uh, tee to green um, and nearly four strokes on approach. So, yeah, I think it's a great event for Vincent Norman to potentially uh, get a breakthrough or at least uh, contend like, for the first time. Um, so yeah, I'd like to take a chance on him, and yeah, I'm with you on Troy Merritt, um, showing all the right signs. This is a good course for him, and he gained an obscene amount of strokes, uh, tee to green on his final round. Yeah, two, well, he went obscene, but 2.91 strokes, he was third best in the field. 
Um, so yeah, again, he improved as the week went on, and I really like Troy Merritt, so I think he's, he was a good price. He's so, won, yeah, he won and, the event before, isn't he, Troy Merritt? He has won the event before, mm-hmm. yeah. So if there's ever an event to sort of get your confidence back and get rid of the yips, this is probably it. <laughs> and uh, I will throw in one more because uh, yeah. I'm going I'm to take a chance, and I have taken a chance on um, Shot, Freddie Shot, you know, okay. the German who's been, uh, he's obviously coming as a co-sanctioned event. Uh, but yeah, he was first in ball striking last week, got better as the round went on. And we saw last year uh, the Germans liked it here. You know, the big hitting Germans, uh, Schmid and Hurley Long went well. So Freddie Shot coming off a really good result last week. Um, I think he's, uh, I think you've got him, I don't know what price you can get him now. Let's have a look. Um, to, to, he was 250s. Yeah, still 200. He's still 200 about. Um, so yeah, that's that's plenty big enough. So yeah, like him a lot. So yeah. I've taken a chance on him, only a small bet, but it's the type of event that brings up a surprise and given his ball striking and I think it could be the course a good course for him. Yeah, I agree. Um I looked at Russell Knox just because he started to play better again. Um, but it's not good enough. So I didn't go with it. Satoshi Kodaira's in a similar sort of boat, they're yes. both playing a little bit better. Um I saw a tweet about Ryan Gerrard and his T3 game, and that kind of checks mm-hmm. out a little bit. Yeah, he's been uh, really good. I just, well, it's just whatever, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's you, like the second tier for this week, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like there's a hundred players that if they won, I'd go, oh, all right, makes sense. Like, and and that makes it really difficult, like betting week. I just, there's, they're all, you're always, you're going to see those tweets when like someone's leading us 36 holes and it's going to be they've missed seven cuts in a row and they're going to go this is how you lose a golf betting and it it's just going to be one of those like i think i think jason duffner and sean o'hare and all those kind of people were up here last year yeah, uh, yeah. Max, max mcgreevy was 13th like it's there's not really much you can do about it it, it it's very difficult to predict it's tough to predict yeah and i mean i quite like um What's it? Grayson Murray coming off there. Oh, I did. That was the one. That was the third person I looked at. So I looked at um, Glover, Merritt, and Murray, and I was, I was He's tempted another one to do that's won the uh, won the event in the past. Yeah. Oh. yeah. If he won it, did he win it at, like the other golf course? Though, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, another golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's missed a cut here, 70, 75, I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's um, he's won the won the event. And he's and he's won in the past. And quite funny, if you look at how his wins have aged, like he beat Cameron Smith uh, in 2016, which is interesting. Um, owner of probably the worst uh, picture on Google. Um, using even you look at the little thing on the right hand side, he's got oh, a right tooth now. missing or something, which is pretty rough. Oh, I, got, I can just see that now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's one of those ones where like it's very difficult to pull the trigger on Grace and Murray in 2023, but that's the sort of tournament we're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't have the passing yet, so that's that's a start. Um, yeah, there we go. There's some names. I'm not going to go on to it too much because I said we wouldn't. That is, mm-hmm. That's your lot for the Barbasol Championship. So I am going to go into my picks for the Scottish Open. Then I'll give my Barbasol Championship ones, and then I will come to you, Brad, for your income and picks. So Tommy Fleet with a 22 to one best price now. Justin Rose and goes 40 to one with the eight places. Uh, Aaron Rye, there is still 80 to one about him, but I'll take the 70 to one eight places. 
Alexander Bjork, 100 to 1, eight places. And Daniel Hillier is 350 to 1 with six places at Unibet. And then in the Barbasol Championship, I've gone with Lucas Gover, who's a best price for 25 to 1. I don't really care about places. Just back. Well, he's actually, I think he's 25 to 1 with the eight places. So just take that at Boyle Sports, um, even though I think he's going to win. And then Troy Merritt's uh, best price is 45 to 1. There is a 50 to 1, there's a bit of a rogue uh, sports book. Uh, yeah, 40 to 1, I would say Troy Merritt uh, there. So, Brad, your picks for us. So I've gone for Till Hatton, 22 to 1. I think Sky's the best place, like eight places, there's a few options. Uh, then I've gone Aaron Rye with, his, uh, with yourself, uh, 70 to 1, eight places Sky. You need the places there. And um, Matt Wallace, I think 200 to 1. There's Everyone's 200 to 1 of him now. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Sky Bet, Paddy Power, William Hill, uh, Boyle Sports, all eight places. So yeah, some good options there. And uh, for the Barbasol Championship, I have gone for Vincent Norman, uh, 25 to 1 Boyle Sports, eight places, or Paddy Power, seven places. Uh, and then I have gone for Troy Merritt, um, and I think, what did you say, 45 to 1 Betfred. Yeah. They, have an, they have an alternative market as well, which might be worth looking at. Um, so they might have like six or seven places at that, at that price. Um, uh, yeah, if not, 40 to 1 William Hill. And then I have gone for uh, Freddie Schott as a... A big long shot, and, <laughs> and yeah, two hundred to one. Paddy Power, seven places. Lovely, um, yeah, love it. I think I think it's nice to focus really on one event in a yes. lead up to a major, and it's going to be the same again next week. Um, I think we do have like the Barracuda or whatever running alongside the Open, but <laughs> we won't be talking about thing, it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Open next week. I'm looking forward to the Scottish Open this week. They want to wish away a good event. Um, I guess the one concern with the outright picks is that things can change so drastically. Weather, you could be kind of off the board after a round. But that's just life. I would definitely hold back a few stakes to bet in play. Uh, If someone like a Scheffler opened up with a 73 or... Ricky opened up with a 71 and they were 40th and 60th. I think that they'd be interesting plays if they got to the right number. So mm-hmm. just be conscious of that. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the, the week summed up. Hopefully we get closer last than last week with a couple of runners up and the, yeah. and the places and uh, and we move on. I think so. I think we're due a win this week. We are. Right. Thanks as ever, Brad. And we'll uh, catch up during the week. 